Welcome back to Comeback. As usual, I am your host Connor, and as you are aware by now, I interview people from Saigon, Vietnam, and also people around the world about what they do, why, and much, much more in a podcast that dives into a wide variety of topics. Today, my guest and I are going to discuss quite a wide range of themes, I can imagine, ranging from fitness and health to self-development to life abroad and see where we go throughout this conversation. It is Dung, who is initially from Vietnam, and we're going to see where this takes us. Welcome, Dung, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. And thank you for agreeing to be a guest. Yeah, I'm a bit nervous, because this is the first time I you know, share my story with anyone. So. Yeah, you'd be very surprised. The majority of people who I interview, yeah. it's actually the first time they've done any kind of podcast. Okay. And I'm always just interested in, I suppose, the person who sits in front of me today, what they're like, what their story has been, and generally what has led them to this point. So just as like an overview, if you don't mind me asking you, what should I know about your early years, as in your early upbringing in Vietnam? Okay, actually I come from a uh, minority group here in Vietnam, uh, in Central Highland. So I grew up there, um, you know, my childhood was there. Then I moved to Ho Chi Minh for my university and then I moved abroad for to further education and then I came back here like 10 years ago. Sure, like quite, yeah, quite a variety, especially abroad and Vietnam yeah. and merging them together. Yes. And I do want to find out more about international experiences sure. and life in Saigon. Mm. But before that, how would you describe growing up in a minority group in Vietnam? Um, it was not a very good time for me. I, I, the thing is, I grew up in a very loving family, like my, my, my parents were super, super supportive me in whatever I chose in life. But at that time, you know, there was a, I think there's still now a kind of misconception about, you know, minority group, that the vast, like the kin, which is like the biggest, uh, how to say, the biggest uh, ethnic group here in Vietnam, right? They consider minority people are like, kind of, you know, a little bit more stupid in a way and live poorer and something like that. And then at that time I was a bit different in a way that I was straight A students. And, um, and then that's, I think that was the reason why I was bullied a lot when I was in uh, primary school, you know, at nine, 10 years old and you were aware that you were different than other people and you didn't really understand why. Because for example, right, every new uh, school year, the teacher would come and ask, okay, who is belong to minority group in this class? And then I raise my hand, but then that's all, nothing, nothing else, you know, no further. So it just, it just feel like, you know, you were single out at the beginning of the school year. And it's, it started from, you know, first grade to uh, high school. When we were talking minority groups, mm. what's, I know this might sound obvious, what's mm. the main difference between you in a minority group versus, mm. let's say, the rest? Well, it's just we from different ethnic groups and that on, and it's just like a small group of people, because as you know, like in Vietnam, there are like 58 different ethnic groups, in which Kinh was like, Kinh, like the biggest one, you know, majority people who use you see like name like you know Nguyen or Jan or whatever they they are like the biggest one mm. and then we have like Hmong or Bana was like my my minority group and or, or you know um, Thai or Moon in the north for example so 
we are classified minority group. Normally, we live in the highland, you know, yeah. <laughs> in the forest, in the jungle, and then, and then it, I think it's 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 like I don't I don't know the comparison might be a bit uh, not really really right, but like when you look at you know, in let's say um, the ingenious uh, group, like when you look at the. Like let's say South America and then the engineer group like in the Amazon jungle or whatever. So, but that's the thing. But then, that's that's why I didn't really. I have a different you know experience growing up. So, I was very aware that I was different from other people, and I didn't understand why I got treatment like single out every school year, right? And. And then I, I saw the way that the, um, that the people of the minority group were treated in well because you could see the minority group people over there. So the way they were treated and I didn't like, I don't like it. I didn't like it then and I don't like it now because we were still viewed, you know, just like a lower level of intelligence mm. or, or second grade. I don't know, whatever. Even though, like my parents, like my father, my father or my uncle, they are, they are very successful. Like, they are successful uh, businessmen. And then, like my my uncle, for example, he's a doctor, and he's a director of the hospital in 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 well in Yalai, for example, right? And then there was a lot of like people from minority group that they they are in high level in the government whatever but still when you go out in the street you will see you still see like you know other people like they they would sell things on the street you know because like grow they grow uh plants and stuff you know and then they, they sell things on the street and they and they got that kind of treatment and i really don't like it at all so if you dive in sorry it could be a little bit too long zip dive into uh, vietnam stories back in the early 2000 for example there was a riot kind of riot i, I remember because that time i was in high school and then even like this even like the school you know it's end. we we couldn't go home because there was a riot and then there was policemen and you know military people and stuff and then my father had to come to pick me up because this, mm, the school didn't allow us to go home by ourselves. But the riot was because that them, the minority group people, they listened to like people brought, especially in the US, right? And then they, they just went to the city hall mm, just to have us, you know, what do we call it? A for, a for a strike, not really a strike, but something like that. Sure. Yes. So, it was around 2001, 2002, something, if you read. But that was because, you know, they were very poor. There was not really enough assistance from the government. They lived, like, in the low, low, like, really in the middle of nowhere. And then with the promise of the people from abroad that they, if they join, you know, the group and go into the city hall, they would receive, like, 50,000, which means, like, two years dollar or something. So, and then, then you can see right now, even now, like every year during near the, I don't know what that's called, but like the establishment of the 
communist party, you know, the anniversary, whatever, then you will see that security is very tight where I live because that happened during that time. So there's still a lot of like unrest and fame mm, and unrest around yes, that period. Mm. And between different groups of people, especially between the main group like the Gun people and then the minority group. That mm. that is it should be censored or not, I don't know, but it's not portrayed on the television, on the T V, on the national whatever yeah media it's interesting here because my knowledge of vietnam is reasonably limited i'd say like i knew absolutely nothing before arriving here and Mm. what i do get from coming here is just i guess what is generally portrayed right in media and social media so it's interesting hearing like a first-hand account of a minority group in like the central area because otherwise i'd have no idea actually not only you even like my friends like vietnamese friends when i went to university they didn't really know about that Mm. Because I totally, for example, I haven't really watched like the Vietnam media for since I came back. Because like, you know, the thing is when you were when abroad to study, and then you were exposed different source of information, and then when the internet, you know, is booming, then you have a chance to look for information online and stuff. Then you see like kind of propaganda and how it goes and, and stuff like that. Very sensitive stuff, but yeah, that, that's, that's my experience. The thing is, for some reason, I am the only one in my family that had that type of experience. Or mainly because I was a straight A student at that time. So something, I was different than what they expected me to be. They expect me to be just a normal student, right? try to get enough grade to be able to pass the grade, you know, and then to, to go up another class. But I, I didn't, I feel like I was straight A student and stuff like that. So it was different. And then right around right, were like 10 years old, right? You were 10 and then you were bullied by like other students, male students. And then I tried to, and then I actually, you know, I reported the incident to my, my, my teacher because she didn't do anything and then I was so angry. I, I did report that one to the headmaster because those are the students, they were the students of his class, right? And then he also didn't do nothing. And then at the age of 10, I realized that I couldn't trust <laughs> anyone. And that's when I decided I don't trust anyone and, and then you can't really depend on like the government or someone in the position of power to help you because they won't you know at the 10 a of 10 it's hard to kind of digest that fact but I had to and I think it it, it shaped who I am now that I had to be very strong and then otherwise I just shared with you previously, I had to be strong and then I I can't really like wait for someone to help me and I don't want anyone to help me and I had to figure things out myself. Hmm. It's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because it can be quite a difficult pill to swallow. Yes. But I do think it is an important thing to remember is that you have the ultimate responsibility in your life to make the changes yeah. and there isn't going to be someone to come and save you. And nope. it is 
you know, it hurts when you first think it. Yeah. Yeah. I was a lot later in life realizing this. <laughs> I'll be completely honest with you doing that. If I'd have got this at 10, mm. I think it would have helped me. Because mm -hmm. up until the age of, let's say, 18, 19, I believed that some kind of figure, mm. I don't know exactly what I expected, came and saved. Mm. But, you know, I discovered the hard way does not happen. No. And you have to do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then it's again, I think you're, you're right in like a double's work because then you had a very like, I had a very like, how to say, sour view mm. of life yeah. in general. I think that's one reason why I, I don't have like close friends or anyone because then I will always put like an invisible world mm. to me and other people just so that you know, I can protect myself because the thing is like there are things that that only can one when you experience it and you can understand like other people can't and it's it's normal. So. Mm. It's a strange one. I, I kind of can relate about keeping people at a certain distance and protecting boundaries but if I counter it for myself mm. and from those I speak to and from the conversations I've had it really does help when you have people that you have some kind of bond with mm. that you can share whatever kind of let's say for want of a better word love or mm. familiarity yeah. or connection with do you still allow yourself to have those moments with people like bonding like connection like memories um i think it depends but uh not really i used to have close friends and stuff but then you know we fell out because we have differences that we can't really compromise and i think that's not more i think i believe that you know different stage of our life we will meet and and, and be friends with different people and then when it and then it end i don't mm -hmm. and the thing about me that i'm very cruel in a way that if I know something and I want to end it, I could easily end it, no matter how tight or how you know strong the relations are at that time. But if one thing kind of hurt me or like kind of make me feel like it needs to stop, then I will stop it and, and I don't look back. That's the thing. And then people can say that it's a bit cruel. I myself also think that it's cruel, but... Uh, I get this kind of uh, defend mechanism. What sort of things are important to you? As in to have some kind of bond? Is it honesty? Is it warmth? Is it empathy? What sort of values do you hold close? The most important thing for me is honesty. Because uh, I think that's set the foundation for everything else. That's just my point of view. So yeah, but like when I figure out someone is lying to me, then I can cut it quite easily. And the other things, not really applicable to all situations, right? Like my family is very important to me. So if anything, if anyone harmed them, I would just... No, that, that's true. Even if it's like my close relative, but for example, I knew that my 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 brother was kind of hurt by some of my close relatives. Even if now my even my parents they are still close and they still having you know the relative. But for me, and like years ago, I told them that I really don't care, and actually I don't care at all. So it's I don't know if it's good or it's bad. I don't know if 
something in the future that I will regret. But the thing is, it's something that made me okay right now. So I'm just go with it. No, I can definitely like understand and empathize that if there are certain boundaries you have, yeah. and to protect your peace, you can't bring people along for the ride. No. If you're like trying to achieve that inner peace and yeah. you're working on yourself, you can't have people just for obligation, no. especially if they're doing things that aren't serving what you hold valuable. Yes. So if they're doing the antithesis of honesty, you have to get rid. Yes. If they're hurting those that you really value, you have to get rid. Yeah. And I mean, I don't really, the word cruel, I think, like, you know the phrase, you have to be cruel to be kind? Yeah. Maybe it is that. Maybe I you just know. have to do that approach. Yeah. But also, like, and I share with you briefly, right, I, I suffer from, like, like, severe depression for a long time. I still have different kind of episodes here. Yeah, sure. Then. It, it hasn't been, it's still there. It's not, like, disappearing or whatever, right? So what you say about like the people that you know that I need to protect my inner peace, right? So the people that I, I know that are toxic, toxic to me that I need just to let them go because I need to kind of I need to love learn to love myself first, which I'm still learning and I'm very bad at it. I think we're all learning, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, we, we all have different blind spots, shall we say. And yes. to be honest with you, you mentioned um, it might be seen as cruel, mm. having that ability to just cut people off. Yeah. I'd probably say I envy that. Where? Yeah, I'd say I envy it because in my, my old years, yeah. the concept of loyalty mm. was so big for me yes. that I would be too loyal to people. Okay. As in I would hold people. I mean, it, it's a very different example. But I had friends from mm. the age of three years old to 18 Whoa. and when I was 18 I, I was in awe of that vision mm. oh, we've been friends all our lives we're going to be friends all our lives but and I don't mind if they listen to this mm. we outgrow each other yes when we were 16 we should have stopped being friends because we were completely different in terms of mindset and that's fine mm. they're, st yeah, they're still fine true. I'm still fine but I held on to the idea mm. and they were toxic for at least two or three years mm. and I was still clinging on to them well if I had that mindset I would have said right bye now goodbye and when I did finally, after about you know fifty thousand second chances, <laughs> I finally let go. Yes. Suddenly, I thought oh, that wasn't that bad actually, because I thought you can't cut people off; you have to keep people forever. I had that mindset. Then once I did, mm. I thought oh, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. I actually feel better for it. Yes. Maybe I should do this more often. <laughs> so I quite yeah. envy that approach you it's have. Kind of, you know, audit your friendships and you know yeah. all of the connection and relationships around you to see which yeah. one is good for you. Uh, no, I think that's my super. You know, <laughs> Your superpower. Yeah, because it. The thing is, like, I can do it quite easily in a way, but it's all about, you know, down to like what is good for me. Even maybe I'm selfish, whatever. I don't. I really don't know. But if, but because you know the idea of having a friends and actual have friend would be totally different. Sometimes we we don't fall. F like sometimes it's not about a friend that we hold it to but like the idea of having a friend and the idea of how we build a friendship right is you know too much series <laughs> <laughs> too much movies yeah. too many movies and hey man yeah, i mean like always the idea of something that yeah. that, that that actually like keep us Doing the thing I love do. this. The idea of what someone could be is yeah. often more appealing, but the reality is they're not that person. No, they're not. And they keep showing you they're not. So believe them. <laughs> yeah, but even 
ourselves, right? Even like, I think that we all have. I don't know. Like for myself, I have the idea of who I should be, right? But maybe right now I'm not that person yet. So it's about like maybe it's just the idea of that person that make me want to be that person, but actually not being that person. It's just the whole. The yeah. whole thing that and we I know what you mean. to is like, ah, yeah. too many things. But I think with that, there has to be a degree of self-awareness. Yeah. Like knowing who you could be. Yeah. But to do that, you also need to know who you are now. Exactly. Yeah. And then what, what kind of things that you, you, you are, you know, you are able to let go, you are able to learn and, you know, yeah, yeah. to change whatever. Like, yeah. for example, I, I am really an introvert. So, actually talking to you like this is a lot of, efforts and then tomorrow I will have a long rest day <laughs> something like that no but that's true I, I used to work in retail right so in retail you have to meet a lot of people every day you know the customers the suppliers blah 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 and then at night like when I leave work, when I left work I told her like I had to shut down and then weekend I had to shut down just to recharge so yeah so I'm an introvert so it's hard for me to to be like you saw you know you see in the movies and series the people are outgoing have friends and you have fun blah 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 that not me even though if even though like some even though when I were at work I had to be some kind of extrovert you know a degree of outgoing but that that I can't do that all the time and then it has to also have boundary and then sometimes become too much for me and then I got exhausted or or like sometimes I try to push myself too much and then I actually did myself harm. That happened my when my first see you when I start when I first started working, right? You were new to job and then you try to do things and then you you try to be the person that you are not so that you're able to do the job. But then it just eat you. Just gradually eat you alive. And at some point it's just too much and you mm. you don't know how to handle it and then you got in your trap that you know that disappearing is like the only way and that's dangerous super 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 dangerous. it is especially when you're going against what you really are and yeah. you're putting on that perspective i've um i saw some quotes doing the rounds mm. of if you abandon yourself right so mm. if you try and be something you're not yeah. and you succeed yeah. in whatever your goal is let's say you're trying to be the manager of a store mm. and you get there yeah you still fail because although you've achieved your goal mm. you've abandoned yourself exactly. so you, you feel shit you feel like an imposter if you don't achieve the goal you feel even worse because not only have you not achieved the goal and you yeah. failed you've yes. abandoned yourself exactly so it goes back to just do what suits you yeah and i can relate to you with the introversion here I think the reason why, I'm not sure if I told you this last week, but podcasting for me mm. is comfortable is because it's usually one person, mm. maximum two, where we just have a conversation for mm. as long as we go, mm. like unfiltered, uncensored, and I don't have to put on any of this, let's say, hey, how was your day? Oh, but I hate small talk, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm actually atrocious at that, that, that notoriously. One, I think that's one of the reasons that I hate group and I hate parties and stuff, is, you know, like small talk, you have small talk all the time. And then I'm not good at small talk and actually hate small talk. And yeah, that's mm -hmm. the thing. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, even when I went, I, I, I go to parties or, you know, go to meet my friends and then their friends, blah, blah. I rather just be very silent because I don't like small talk and I don't like to say about my life to the people that I 
barely know in a way, something like that. So yeah. yeah, are you quite private? Really, yeah. I mean, like the thing is, I think years working in in retail taught me one thing to be a little bit manipulative. So when situation arises and when I had to do something, I had to be outgoing. I had to share things here and there. I would share to dumb the things that are not important and yeah, interest that. And they think that oh, it is to know a lot of things about myself, but that's really not. I I could sometimes fabricate something because no other people know that I would never meet the second time or the third time. So just yeah. <laughs> pack <or survive laughs> no, it's true. It's true, and it's also like a, a lot of the times people just see the tip of the iceberg. Yes, and it depends on the information. Like I feel like sometimes people will want to know mm. just to know. Exactly. Isn't it's like it's an achievement if no. I know about Dung's life, for example. Yeah. yeah. It's just to know, and then if if they have a chance, just do gossip, thing. and then it just just to serve as you know sort of information for another conversation it's yeah nothing. yeah no precisely which is why i love this medium because mm. it's like genuine as mm. in every question i ask you i'm just curious okay literally just curious and mm. there's no kind of like i, I really don't like I, i actually had it in my old job mm. where picture this <laughs> we was, i was 22 yeah moved to vietnam yeah and i got put in the same accommodation uh, with people i worked with yes so we worked together mm. and we lived together And we were all like twenty, thirty, gossip, 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 <laughs> gossip. And I think by the fifty-eighth time, someone said to me, "You'll never guess what he said about her." I just thought, no, no I can't I really do don't, this. I, don't I don't, don't, yeah. I honestly doesn't serve me. Like, no. In four years' time, this bit of information mm. will not matter. It won't matter in four minutes, let alone mm. four years. Yes. Let me have real, authentic conversations. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. And do things that we love. Which brings me on to things that you love. Now we spoke earlier mm. that you were straight A student, yeah. so I'm I'm just imagining as a straight A student yeah. there would have been some kind of enthusiasm or interest in subjects at school in order to get that level. Was that correct? Were you interested in school or no? no oh, okay. Not really. And then this will surprise you. Um, I was a straight A student because that was the thing that I was supposed. To do. No, I, I mean like I'm always. The thing is, it's quite a weird. I don't know how to start. The thing is, like my parents never stopped me from doing anything, even though I was I'm a girl. And then you know, like imagine in Vietnam and their generation, our generation, like like my generation, not your generation, because <laughs> like they was born and they was, they grew up during the war, or whatever, right? And then they, we. I grew up poor, and then they they had to start everything by themselves. So, but the thing is, they never asked me to uh, force me to be anyone that I'm not. Or they, they even never forced me to study anything. But it's just because, in a way that I think it's in a way that I unconsciously ever I was very grateful for what they provide me. So I would just study to be straight A student and also because I'm quite competitive. Not really quite, I'm very competitive. No, I mean like I'm very competitive. So that's that's the way. Um so it's not I, I think I'm uh, it's not I'm not sure if it's about I'm interested in at that time I didn't know. Uh, I, I mean like when I was young. I'm not sure if it's because I'm I was interested in school, whatever but I am very sure that I need that at very young I and especially when I was aware that I was 
different than other people, then it was just about you know you had to study so that your parents don't have to worry about you, and then you can you know you can give like I can give you give them a good image because mm-hmm. you know Asian culture is also about face value about. Okay, how your child is doing? How my child is doing at school? Something like that. That at that time now it would be about you know money, <laughs> properties, whatever. Yeah. But but still like like the achievement of the children or something that the parents here in Asia still you know when they see each other they will ask things like that. Like for example, but now consider it like asian value or vietnamese value i can i'm kind of a failure in a way because i'm i'm not married i don't like i will never get married because for me i the idea of being in a relationship and being married is just so alien i i never talk about that so that's not me and because i don't like people so <laughs> in a way But so you know, like when they meet my parents, they would okay. How am you know? How am I doing? You know what am I doing? You know how my you know what's my salary? You know those things like that. Am I married yet? And why 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 why? But my parents, they did care maybe when I was around thirty, but now they really don't care anymore because they know that I, they can never change me, and also they know that I know what I want. So really. For them now, it's just about them enjoying their retirement, and they don't really care much about what other people are saying. But a few years back, it was different story. So yeah, back into your questions, I didn't really. I was a straight A student, but I wasn't really enjoying mm. studying or school that much at that time. It was just the right thing for me to do. Yeah, and there is a second layer that I do want to ask about that, sure. which relates to sport and hobbies. Mm. But before we do that, you mentioned during that um, answer there that you know what you want. Mm. Yeah, can I ask you about that? If you know what you want, mm. what is it that you want? You mean for during like? You mentioned early when we said um, we we spoke about getting married, and you said no, don't want that. Yeah. We're talking about your parents, yes. and they said they will let you do you what want. you want. Yeah. Do what you want, mm-hmm. and if you know what you want, then it's sweet because you know what you want. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you want? Well, I mean, I know what I don't want. Not really. I know what <laughs> I want because I think right now I'm still figuring out what I want. But the thing is, like, if there's something that I want to do, right, it would keep haunting me until I did it. So I shared earlier with you, like I was very interested in like psychology when I was around twelve. That was when there was a American series on the te- television called like Profiler, and they talk about serial killer, right? And it was fascinating with serial killer. I think many people are fascinated with serial killers just because the how they, why they do the things they they did they did right. So, and then when I. When we finished high school, right, we was in the threshold, okay, choosing the university to study, and I really want to study psychology. But at that time, social science is something that are not very appreciated, that were not very appreciated in Vietnam, even Asian. You know, he is about doctor, lawyer, or business, <laughs> businessman, right? And there was not a very good school, so I chose business at that time. But the idea of learning 
knowing more about the human mind and psychology is still keeping with me until now when I'm nearly 40 so I I think many people are very lucky you know they're, 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 I'm not sure if lucky is the right word but they they know what they want to do and they pursue it since they were young I'm not I'm just I think right even now right I'm still exploring the things that I I can do. I'm very like clear about what I'm not. I don't want to do, but then I'm very blur in terms of what I want to do or what I want to be. But if there's something that I want to try, then I I would love to to try to do it. So as I said with you right now, I'm I'm looking at some university in the U.S. and in Canada to study psychology. So yeah. yeah. And even like, I have no idea what I would do after I finish my degree, for example. But it's something I love to know more about. I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah. I think this idea that you have to know exactly what you would do after mm. is almost like an illusion. Yeah. Because at certain points in our life, we can only think with a certain perspective. Yes. And this course would be three years, is that correct? Yeah, I mean like, if, mm, yeah. if it's a bachelor, it's like four years and then, you know, we learn more. It's could take you about five to ten sure. years. Sure. Yeah. Let's say like the minimum three. Yeah. Even in three years, you'll be very different. Exactly. So you'll you'll have more kind of I guess guidance at that point. And also yeah. like different direction yeah. to go, right? Because you might not be imagined, but like when I was studying in Paris, I was studying about fashion, and my first around first seven or eight years when I came back to Vietnam is all revolved about fashion and beauty. And at that time, I thought that, okay, that would be something that I'm interested in because, you know, I love, I love fashion in a way about, it, you know, it's all about creativity and then how you, uh, how you put in the concept and everything through clothing and then, you know, different parts and, but then some, I have no how something happened. I have no idea, but then I switch my interest in, 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 in into sports and fitness and then sports psychology is all compared to psychology in a way. <laughs> uh, because, um, also because of the environment that I was working that time, right? at, at the time I, I was like the, um, the catering manager for, for California Fitness and Yoga Center. So I was in an environment where fitness is like the main was the main thing right and then I had the chance to meet different people and then try myself in different kind of sport and then I was interested in uh, sport and then sports um, sports psychology and then how it helps people right and then how to it helped me in terms of a person with like severe depression something like that so I, I believe it you know we will always change and we will always be evolved because if not then there's something wrong with us in a way. Life's but boring. Exactly, and also if, if, if that's okay, then we are not improving, and then that's a dangerous thing, right? Hmm. So, I don't know, that's, maybe that's just something that I try to tell myself. I don't <laughs> to know. Feel better. I, it's definitely the same with me. I, I definitely will wake up daily and think, yeah. how can I be that tiny bit better than yesterday yeah. and the day before and the day before? And if I notice I'm not, I'm frustrated. Exactly. Like, where's the growth? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, 
like if 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 you don't f- like if, if you don't feel like you improving, you developing every day, then 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 for me it's it's like I'm you know I just stand in the same plane. I don't like it, and actually it stress me out knowing that I'm not back uh, or not improve. It's really painful. <laughs> it's really yeah. like, I mean like I was like oh fuck. Yeah. I'm interested here in sport, Dung, yep. because I know you're active in your sport. Uh, I know it's something you like, yep. and you've mentioned earlier you have, you have a competitive spirit. Yep. Now, like sports, yep. probably like renowned for being competitive. Yeah. Can you talk to me about your sporting journey? As in, were you active growing up, or is it recent? Actually, I was. I was always an an active person in a way. Like I learned taekwondo when I was in. Uh, secondary uh, run I ran you know now and then even like when I was uh, studying abroad during winter I still ran almost like three or four times every week so I was but it was just something that it's not something that I feel like I need to do it every day it's something that I kind of do it here and then enjoying it something like that uh, but then when I started my job at um, California Fitness Yoga, and then where I met like Al Morgan, I think you interviewed him uh, earlier. Then he actually he he was the one that started me to think of fitness and sport in a more you know serious and systematic way, because you know I was very fortunate in a way that I met like great people that that really helped me to grow. Like for example, our right? he he was at that time he was like the top uh, trainer at Kelly, right? And then his session uh, fee is high, was like the highest. He's and then he trained me for free, like every morning. I think at that time three times a week, uh, like an hour and an hour and a half. Me and other some other you know uh, staff. Then he just trained us for free. And then he was the one that introduced me to trail running that I love even now. Like I, I still love it and I still try to do it. And then running. And then I at that time when I started running and training with him and joy different race, right? I think my mentality and so changed that my perception about fitness and and and, and, and as basketball is it's not seen it, like for example, right when we just start going to gym, whatever. Like I think, like for me, right, I went to the gym because I wanted to have six packs. But then when, <laughs> I mean, I, why not? I mean, like yeah, no, there's yeah, nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, there's at nothing all. wrong with that, right? But then in a way that it's not very sustainable because it's, once you get the six pack, what's next? <laughs> yeah, what's next, right? And then, but then we, I switch my mentality to training for events and then training for performance and then stuff like that so training it becomes just part of my life is it's not only because I want to have the sit packs or whatever but it because I want to be strong enough so that I could be ready for different race that I want to join because it so so it actually that I think that really really helps me in terms of, of being because then going to the gym is not 
a torture or so a punishment anymore, right? And then also that time I changed the view about nutrition because you know you you we are surrounded by different by the diet culture where I mean I mean like you have tons of different diets every year every year you have a new trend I think right now it keto diets mm. and no no a few years back it like Mediterraneans and then a bunch of things but then the thing is there's no thing no f- there's no food in bad you know it's just a combination of how you I think nutrition is like different kind of knowledge you need to learn and you need to apply and then I have I changed my view about nutrition because you when you train for performance the nutrition become your fewer it's not your enemy anymore and then you know what what kind of nutrition is good for you because food and good for your goal and then your lifestyles and stuff like that so it changed my whole I think involving into sport and training with our and then with Dave Greenfield who is like the top uh, running coach in Vietnam he's an Olympic coach I think he trained for the Australian Olympic team or something like that so I was very fortunate because those people they they gave me the knowledge about training about the you know the body how the body was muscle recovery all of that and nutrition so I can really use it for my daily life it's not so it becomes part of my life it's not something that I have to do and it's not something that I need to avoid to it but it's just something that be, it's good for my life in the long run because I want to be able to run until I'm older like 70 because 70 or 80 I still want to be able to run because you know when we try the race the trail race we have we have runners from the US from Japan that are like 60 or 70 and they do like 42km in the jungle or something you know amazing I want to be able to do something like that when I'm older mm. and also when I train for performance when I train as part of my life then I'm always ready because that's very important you know I'm ready to be able to race the next day like and then I'm ready to I think it's also good because I love traveling and then with the the kayak endurance and the kayak mentality that I have I could enjoy things more like I could like for example when I go to US right I love to go hiking in different national parks that I believe that me 10 years ago I couldn't dream up because at that time I was just it was just something here and then it's not something that become part of my life mm. right now yeah. yeah and I love the phrase always ready like mm. you actually said that before we press record yeah. I remember yeah yes why is it important for you to like always be ready because I think like we we really don't know what will happen next and we don't know what opportunities will come next right it's always ready it's not like okay you have to be alert all the yeah. time but it's it's because you know during like right now I'm, um, I kind of have an injury so I, I am not able to run right now I'm trying to re- I'm like rehabilitating rehabilitating yes right right now <coughs> but I'm looking at the race ne- next year to join right so always at that time I remember I was it's the story like that I was training with uh, Al right 
and then it was um, a Friday, and he said that okay, I am injured my like my shoulder. I couldn't do a race like similar to Spartan Ray. It I think it called Champion something. Mm, sure. Uh, so it's it's similar to Spartan Ray, but at that time there was no Spartan Ray in Vietnam, right? It kind of CrossFit uh, race. So he was like, okay, here's my beep. You want to join tomorrow? I said, okay, fine. And then I actually I did. I mean, at that time, I was just training with him, I think one month or something. And then, okay, fine, give me. And then I did I did join the race next day. And then it, it hit me like, okay, it's good to be able to enjoy things that come to you, right? Because in a way that you don't know, like, what will come to you the next day. So always rest the in terms of you know your health and your 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 mentality to me it's it's, it's very important. Mm, so it can join more life. Of more. course, we actually mentioned earlier that um, from working with people like Al and from others you met, yeah. it went from being something like you did here and there to something you enjoyed. Yeah. Can I ask you? The reason I ask you this, mm. I watched a video, well, it came up today, mm. which a guy was talking about things he loves, mm. like his hobbies, his business, his wife, and said that they all rest on a tectonic plate mm. that he didn't know existed, which was his health. Mm. And that's when I thought, of course, yeah, like if you take away that. And I'll, I'll use an, a very small example. Mm. Yesterday I had food poisoning. Okay. And so I was just in bed all day. Uh-huh. And usually I'm just like, podcast, 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 yes. like work, work, work. Exactly. whole day yesterday I was just in bed and I thought, Fuck, like, does it any of it matter if I don't, can't just get out of this bed? Yeah. So I was just wondering about health and the role it plays for you now in terms of, like, do you enjoy it? Why do you do it? How often do you train? What's your schedule like? Uh, I train almost every day. So right now, I'm starting to run again, try to run again, and I need to speed up. So normally I train in gym, like, weekdays, and during weekend I would do some kind of Five, 10k run around uh, Taodin, right? Uh, so yeah, so it's that's that my training schedule, and also training is very important for me in terms of my mental health. It it might not have cure depression, but actually, what it have is doesn't make it worse. So you it kind of help increase your awareness. So like sometimes, so now, right? Maybe because I'm, I've been repressed for so long, so that actually I can feel when the bad days are coming. So kind of know how to deal with it, prepare for it in a mm. way. Because I can, I mean, like I don't know how about you, but like for me, I could could really feel like the change in my body and and, and, and in my 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 minds and my talk and my feeling. So yeah, and then it helps in terms of uh, my health because I I. I have a kind of chronic insomnia, which means I can't really sleep uh, every night. So I think most nights I can sleep maximum like three or four hours, and then the rest is just blah 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 blah. But it could get worse if I don't uh, I don't exercise that day. Mm. So so actually it helps in terms of uh, kind of moderate, manage my my mood, my feeling, and then also like my sleep a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and like in my emotion. So mm. yeah. Also things in terms of like benefiting ourselves mentally and physically. Yes. Our habits mm-hmm. in our like self development practice. It no, I mean like actually because you mentioned it, I forgot to mention. Um it helps a lot. Like 
people think that you, when you exercise, it just help in terms of your body, your appearance, right? So you have a lot. One of the tremendous things about exercise for me is that I can really appreciate it changes my posture in a way. Like for example, I was a an office pe- person, right? So we would sit with like you know our back mm. and then like this um, typing the 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 like typing you know and then it's all messed up with our backs and then lower back and then our spine right but then when I start exercising with our for example when I start to exercise with our and then later running with day for example it's always about posture so right now actually when I sit like this like with my back a little bit bent it's not natural for me anymore before that's how I said right mm. but now it's not natural for me anymore so now it has to be like straight back and then you know like straight shoulders yeah something like that so it's just small small thing like that that I can think that it benefit especially with like what like office people because it can help a lot because I I, I used to work without at the um, VNG right and there was a lot of young people like 20 22 but their form or their posture were really 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 bad and later in life can lead to chronic you know symptom and disease that 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 are bad and then as you say health is whatever you want to do right you want to be an empire you want to go travel like for me i want to go traveling i want to do the race or for other people like they want to even like you know enjoy life with your your, your children how is very important and if you don't start to be aware of it right now and then start to change then then later in life you can't do the thing that you wish to do like even like for some people picking up their baby would be a, a challenge because they don't have the enough like strength to do that or like the posture something wrong with the posture and then it hurts if they're picking up the baby or something i mean that happens and that, that's something daily life so so in a way tra- training and don't think don't just focus on the appearance but focus on the actual benefit that it can bring you that that i think that's very important and, and it actually it, it makes training easier because it's not a burden anymore it, you're just enjoying it that's other things in your life mm-hmm. I think we've spoken before it goes from being something that you go when am I going to do this today yeah, <laughs> to yeah. like when am I going to do everything else yes, <laughs> around exactly. it yeah. right now for me it just like the first thing in the morning is you know wake up and then I need to get my training done and then I can start my day to do other things so right now so now training is just something like we wake up and then we brush our feet and then we train something like that i love that because you very rarely meet people who wake up and do the gym at five six in the morning uh-huh. who aren't doing good things mm. because like you don't meet like someone who's a dancer to wake up at five to go to the gym like once you're done you then have so much motivation exactly. and like endorphins and like you don't want to just be lazy the rest of the day you want to go and fucking exactly. get it yeah. but also the day seem to be longer mm. because you wake up you know very early in the morning and then you sometimes you know I kind of amaze myself because like maybe at 7 even especially even on, on, on weekend right like at 7 or 8 you already 
you know, you have breakfast, you have your training, you have a lot of things done. You know, I, I at that time re I read around like thirty pages of the books and reading something like that. So you got a got a lot of things done just within the t you know the period of two or three hours in the morning, and it's already productive. Because I'm not very productive. Because <laughs> 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 you know, all the morning I'm a morning person. So so that's why. Right. So I think it's also about like uh, your habit and your schedule, but important thing is don't don't let you know you you put your trainings in 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 the of time that you know that you're least disturbed. So so there's no excuse that you don't do it, and exactly. then it become a habit, and then it's something that you look forward to doing it because you know how it how good you will feel after you finish the training. It kind of debunks the myth of there isn't time. So like there is time, just like earlier than you yeah. usually would, yeah. I mean, like we all have like 24 hours, right? There's always time. Like there are time, it's just like we want, what we want to use the time for. But I think also like the starting point is also like the hardest. Mm. And then if we can have a super system, like a group, because I'm, I'm very grateful for the group that I train with when I train with 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 day I'm sorry with our and then with day we were just I think we with hours a few girls and then we trained with each other and who and then went on there was a one that did a muscle contest and then there was another one that did different races with me and this is very good runners something like that yeah yeah it's interesting though because earlier we spoke about the fact that like you like to be alone yeah but we've also like you know the value of having a good supportive yeah. community especially with a journey exactly yeah. i think both can have their place exactly especially if you're on a journey to fitness or the health journey and in the beginning if you have a, a, a group it will be very good because i don't know i I don't know, but what I experienced was even with the group training or when I draw the race, right? People would be very supportive with each other, especially for example the race, right? Because you would be in the middle of nowhere in the jungle. Then people would love. Then people would always try to help each other. When you saw someone cramped in the middle of the road, you would stop and then you would help them to stretch to reduce the cramp, or you would ask them, okay, you have electrolyte, you have. You know, you have the energy there, you need something, I have this, I have that, you know, you want to have. Or like, okay, let me go up and then you ask someone to have something like that. So, swap is very competitive, but at the same time, it will also be very supportive, which, you know, each other. So, it's, it's a beautiful thing to witness. Like, I joined, before my injury, I joined not so many races, but normally I would do like four or five marathon per year right? and I always saw people supporting each other and it's beautiful things to yeah see. that's lovely especially in like the city we both live Saigon yeah, like we've spoken about the the separation where yeah. it's such a big city in terms of like width but really small in terms of degrees of separation and mm. connection yeah. and whatever community you're in like fitness or mm. podcasting or what music whatever else people will rally around and support yeah yeah, yeah. and then you will meet People exactly, yeah. yeah, who will introduce you to X and Y and yeah. Z and A and B and D and there That's we go. Yeah. yeah, something sweet about it. I'm wondering here, because you've discussed like can, a lot of the things you've done and mm -hmm. we're, we're genuinely chatting about you, are you proud of anything you've achieved? And if so, what are you proud of? 
of me that I have no idea where I'm proud. Shall I, I'll, you've moved abroad. Yeah. You have been a straight A student. Yeah. You've completed many races. Yeah. yeah. You've built your health and fitness up. I think that's, I think the thing is, I don't think there's some, there anything special about that because I, it's just something that came either naturally to me or it's something that, you know, situation arises and then you have people to help you, to support you. It's not, I think it's just normal. But I mean, I, really, I don't think that's something too special to be proud of in a way. I just feel that that I, I was very fortunate to, to meet people. I was very fortunate because of my parents. They are very supporting of me, even though I'm so weird even now. I'm very fortunate because I met the people that supported me in my early career. I have, even though it was very stressful and very competitive, but I have very, you know, good boss to help me grow, to help me learn things along the way. And then I met the people that gave me knowledge and then helped me to explore the thing that I didn't know that I could do. Like, for example, I never thought I could do the race like do 42km you know marathon not to mention like the trail run between in the jungle whatever but actually I did and then I was very and then it becomes something that I love to do I mean yeah so it's not something very special to be proud of actually sometimes I believe that I could do even more if I just do a little bit harder because one of the things about myself is I, I don't feel like I, I did my best yet, which means I feel like I still have the potential to achieve more. I was just too lazy <laughs> to do that. I, know, I, I think that's know. good. I think that's good. Like if you're 38 and you have, like let's say the average life expectancy is 80, yeah. if you've done your best by now, well, that's a bit of a worry because it's the only way downhill. <laughs> but like if you've still got the yeah. best to come, isn't that great? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was. And I, I, I share with you, right? I taught, I, I went abroad, and then I was during the session, and then I couldn't find jobs. I, I needed to come back because my visa is, was expired, right? But even now, I would still feel like if I did try harder, I could land a job, or like even with the race, right? If I could do a little bit more, I could shorten my time because. I was very competitive during the race. I don't care if the one in front of me is a male or female, I really don't care, I just need to pass that person. And I think I have that kind of mentality because of Dave Greenfield. So they gave me a trick like that, like this, like if there was someone like a little bit, you know, in front of you, you have to make noise so that they are afraid that, you know, <laughs> you are near them and then kind of, they kind of, you know, get into their mind, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you kind of mess with their mind, right? <laughs> so you run forward. And then if you run in front of someone, you have to run in a way that they couldn't see you. So even if it's um, a corner or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Get it so that they, they feel like they couldn't, you know, they couldn't kind of yeah. catch up with you, so they gave up. So, I mean, <laughs> they made me very competitive during the race. Also because I, I think I, I, I raced with him one 
uh, when we were in Sapa, right? He raised with me and my friends, and then he never asked, he never allowed us to stop. So that's one of the things that when I raised, I seldom stop, even at the checkpoint where you can refill your water and then where you can eat like fruit, right? Some people will stop and then relax and stop for earth, it's about refill, and then rent. So, you know, I'm very competitive, especially in rural So. So I think that mentality, I think, so I always feel like I could do better. I could try, not try, I could do better. So whatever I I have achieved or have done now, so far, I still believe I could do better. And that's what annoyed me. Like, <laughs> why didn't I do better, you know, during that time? I think that's quite, it can be healthy though, to and always have that mindset of trying yeah. to do better because ultimately like why else are we here? Yeah. But also if we were to counter it, and I'm still, I think this is a very delicate balance, especially if you are competitive. Yeah. How do you know when is enough? Exactly. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's no point like getting this incredible, you could be the best runner in the world, but if you're not happy or content, like what's the point yeah. in many ways, yeah. No, yeah, I think that's true because like I, it had, I had a knee injury, right? And even like at that time, I believe like Al told me to stop running for a while. They asked me to stop running for a while. I didn't listen. I was like, okay, there was no racing. And then I actually, I signed up for a race in Thailand and didn't tell them because I knew that if I have told them, they would like, no, 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 right? So I did race and then I came back and then I was worse in, even worse uh, state, right? Because my knee kind of messed up and then my IT band was like on fire, like it's had inflammations over and then I kind of kind of work like, you know, but but then this, and then they told me, okay, we kind of know that you will do it, but you know, we just let you do it because we know that you need to do it. You need to prove to yourself something that we, don't understand <laughs> but 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 that yeah and so that's that's i think that's the 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 negative side of the me that kind of mentality because yeah. it's it's kind of you know especially if you are competitive which i am so yeah just yeah. It, it's hard for me to get balanced i'm still trying to learn to get balanced now i think would you say you're obsessive can be obsessive <laughs> very I mean if I like something it then then I'm very it can get easily to be obsessive be addicted to it and be upset with it and then had to kind of figure out how way how to to do it I'm that kind of person yeah amen yeah. amen I mean like <laughs> as we're having this conversation we're talking about like yeah. that example of people telling you not to do something, yeah. like, I'm still going to do it. Yeah, my, my, God bless my mum has always said, like, you're yeah. so stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole world can say, do not do it. And I'm like, nah, yeah, I want it, I want it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, nah, nah, nah. I try to maybe kind of now, kind of grow up and get mature a bit, right? <laughs> then then we have to think a little bit more about that. Like, for example, I had my second surgery back in June, right? To, to take the screw out my my chains and then, and then I just, and then a few months later, I think a month later, I, I started to run 
and actually I could just run like five minutes without feeling pain and then I texted Dave Greenfield I was like I did run like five minutes without pain I'm thinking of doing supper <laughs> 42 km in September and that was I think that was like in in, in, in July or August something he was like it's too soon <laughs> so you know yeah, yeah. And then okay, I need to think about that because it, it took me like two years to get to the point where I'm now, where I could do something without feeling pains in my knee, right? And in a way, you know, the silver lining was that it was two years with the pandemic, so where there was no race, no event, nothing. So <laughs> I didn't feel like ah, because actually I was working with uh, our, for example, that time, right? And then we went to different uh, sport event, different race, and then we went to, I think we went to uh, the lap for the lap uh, under trail running a race. And then I saw people picking up their beat for the race and I went, oh, I wanna do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a torture, you know, being there, but not being able to participate into the race. And mm -hmm. I really don't want to have a feeling ever again. <laughs> nice, okay. I, we, we do need to be spurred on by something, whether yeah. it is like, say, let's say a positive, a pleasurable thing, mm -hmm. like the feeling of once it's done or whether it's the pain of missing out. Like yes. there has to be something that keeps driving us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you feel once you've completed a race or once you've like set a new PB or? Well, I mean, it was very funny. It was a roller coaster of emotion when joining a race. That I would love to share with you, right? Because like normally with a race with forty-two km, it's just a normal one. I have friends doing like one hundred and one hundred sixty km, or like, a, a, what 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 Tan Wooders did was like a decade triathlon, right? Like ten. 10 Ironman. I can't wait for that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's amazing. Yeah. She's, no, and she's very humble. And it's just a joy to talk to. Not really. So you should just talk to her. I mean, I mean when she has free time. Yeah, of course. Interview her. But the thing is like, with the race, like for example, with uh, 42 km, right? You would start the race around 6 a.m. in the morning. And then at the time around 7 or 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning, I was wondering like, why the hell did I join the race, right? Right now, if I was at home, I would have enjoyed my coffee one where now I am in the middle of nowhere. And then at 12 o'clock, normally at 12, we would be on the top of some mountain. And then it was freaking, freaking hot because, they, you know, it's a high point. Yeah. <laughs> and then you question your life choice, like, why did I get into myself into this? If it was the race that I ran with, they were without, I was like, why did I get them, get me into this situation, right? And then around, I think normally for 42 km for my time, it would be around 2 or 3 p.m. That was the time I need to go to do my business. And then it was in the middle of nowhere and I was like, I need to get to the finish line so I get, get to the restroom. <laughs> and then around... I think around 30 minutes to the to the finish line, right? I would like, okay, I had to get there really, really quick because I'm so smelly. I need to get a shower. And then it's also about, I would never do it again because normally with my injury at that time, my, my knee would hurt a lot. And it, I know sometimes I had to walk instead of running, right? And then it was like, I would never do this again. Like, why get me to insane to this? And when I cross the finish line, it would be okay. We need the next race. <laughs> so it's a roller coaster emotion, you know, of 
sell has to say it self doubt not self doubt no i never doubt myself it's just about i'm not sure it's not self hate but it's something like self defeat self deprecation yeah, yeah something like that like what the fuck am i doing yeah what the <laughs> fuck am i doing right what's wrong with me and all the things this is a roller coaster of emotion it, it actually it's almost the same every time but when you got cross the finish line you already think i'm already like when i've crossed the finish line i already think of the next race and you know the adrenaline was very high right because you 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 just finished the race then you went home and then you opened the the laptop you google okay we need the next race where blah 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 and then you think about okay he 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 and then i need to take how many days off blah 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 so it was fun it it was i mean like for me for some reason i'm very interested in trail running it's also about like you know along along in the nature and actually and also because i'm very competitive so normally people here when they draw a race they, they took a lot of pictures right and then sometimes when I, I i get to got to the finish line they came home and then i opened the internet right um folk open facebook page or whatever and then they saw the picture i was like did i cross you know did i ran through that scene or whatever I don't remember because at that time for me just focus on tunnel vision yeah, yeah like yeah. just very tunnel like okay just running forward and then who is the next like who is the person in front of me and it's past them blah 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 yeah so so that but that is something personal like something that I enjoy but like for other people it would be to take pictures and enjoy the company with their friends and whatever there's nothing wrong with that I mean like everybody has different purpose yeah but i was listening to a podcast with one of my favorite footballers ria mm. ferdinand and he said that once he was playing brazil in the world cup mm. uh, i'm not too sure how familiar you are with soccer slash football i was oh no i was you know i am a soccer fan a football fan don't, don't say soccer this is weird i like this i like this approach i'm british i just said soccer in case you're us no, no, no. i like this i like this <laughs> i'm a football fan you know and I, when i was in um Let's say I started to watch football when I was ten. I remember because that was the the World Cup in the US way before you were born. Nine, yeah. yes, way before you were born. I think Brazil won on penalties. Yeah. Yes, and then and then you know the one in France, nineteen ninety one, nineteen ninety eight. just one year. Zidane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I loved the Premier League because at that time the Premier League was the most popular one for us in the in Vietnam and actually we can we, we could watch like live match at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Liverpool was my favorite, not Manchester. Oh, <laughs> dang, this was going so well. This podcast was going so well, and you have to mention that. Oh my god, delete. Bye. <laughs> I have. I'll show you. I have ten Manchester United jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a. I have a Liverpool um, scarf. Do you? I have. Oh my god, I, I was enjoying this. This was going so well. <laughs> no. It's yeah, but, but I love football. Yeah. I, I, we, we, because of the time difference, right? So I, I usually, sorry, I usually stay up late to watch football, even during the time when we have like exam and stuff like yeah. that. Like, cause like when we finish secondary, we have to have an exam to get to uh, high school, right? And then that was during the champion league. <laughs> I think that was the one between 
Munich, Bayern Munich, and Manchester. 1999. 1999. Uh, oh, they're going to sell Yeah. Yes. Oh. I know I was only like 18 months, but I've watched that video 1 million times. Yeah, so many times. So it's into sharing them. And Sasha has won it. Yeah, I watched that live and then. No, and then the next day you have an exam. Ooh. So you know how much I love football. Yeah. I, I hate when people call it soccer. Well, like, no, it's not. What's that? No, okay, you, you win. You, you're back. <laughs> you win points because I'm also the same. Like I'm from England. Football, yeah. football, football. It's football. And I still, of course, call it football, but I know that like a lot of the people I speak to now... No, Vietnam is football. Because true, Vietnam, true. Vietnam yeah. we love football. It's like the national sport. It is fucking huge. Like, one it's day, huge. I hope Vietnam come to a World Cup just so we can see the, like, no, the scenes. No, it would be crazy. I, you were here, right? I think... But oh. I, I, I'm, I'm not following the Vietnam football. I'm more interested in a Champion League, uh, European EU Coupe, or the World Cup, stuff yeah. like that. The World Cup so. is in four weeks. Yes. I'm very, 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 very excited. Yes. Who, who do you want to win the World Cup? Uh, it used to be England. But what changed? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it can still be? <laughs> no, it's... it's it will always be the rotation between England and Germany. That's where we have a bit of a rivalry. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's hope you choose England for so this the, one. No, yeah. Very interesting, right? I have a very interesting taste in terms of football. It's very weird also. Uh, I prefer European team to uh, South American, mm. like Argentina or Brazil. Like really not, I'm not really interested in those teams. Uh, my favorite one when I would, I think still one hour now is England, and then the second one would be Germany. I'm not interested in Italy or Spain. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm perfectly fine with that. England, England lost the last final to Italy on penalties, and I'm yeah, still still sore. I'm still, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. But you know, it was some was was funny. Like I have like when we were in high school, right? Uh, our class mainly are girls were, 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 and they, I have friends that love Manchester and then the other one she loves uh, Syria so she loves uh, I think Juventus and AC Milan and then we watch football and then there was no football was part of my kind of childhood in a way because like I would stay up and watch the match yeah. during World Cup and stuff. I, lo I love that. I love yeah, that. That's amazing. But the thing is for me, it's like, I'm weird. I'm really weird in a way that I don't like to watch football with other people. Ah. That's thing. So I think I remember that time my family, right, we have like two TV sets. My parents, they would watch one and I would watch another because really, I'm watching football. I really don't want anyone to watch it with me. Why do you, why do you not want, like watching it with people? I don't even like with movies right I don't like to go to the cinema I rather wait for it to have like a blu-ray whatever and watch at home and okay. go to so that's really really weird I would I say think, so yeah. I think the only time not the rare time I went to the, to see the movie in the cinema the theater was when I were the Netherlands and then I watched uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince yeah 
in the cinema. Okay. And then the other one it was in Vietnam a few years ago when I watched The Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> no, always that's a popular time. choice. It, I, we've kind of alluded to it earlier that you're more introverted. Uh, but if I kind of switched either the way, yeah. sometimes it's nice to appreciate things by ourselves yeah. and be comfortable by ourselves. Especially, yeah, we've mm-hmm. mentioned before, especially during a pandemic. Mm. But does it not occasionally get lonely? Can no. I ask you? No. Never. No. That's the thing about I don't. I love like, being by myself and doing things that I like because then I don't really need to care about what other people are doing or the schedule or anything. And because, yeah, I think uh, the thing is, I think it, it go also goes back to our kind of. Um, how to say uh, we we are kind of we love to be in control right the human love to be in control we want to predict the futures just so we can control it right so I think doing things by myself I have more control I don't have to uh, look at what I'm doing uh, you know pen on their schedule or whatever Mm. Yeah, I, no, I do like that aspect and I'm, I'm the same sometimes I'd rather just you know if everyone's going out for a big group meal mm. and then we're going to like for some for example then for some drinks mm. I might right skip the meal bit for me so mm. I'd rather just eat by myself yeah. get ready myself get myself mentally in the zone and then go and meet my friends mm. so I think it just depends on bits and bobs but yeah I also feel like human connection is very valuable mm. I mean I do really value no. my friendships especially moving abroad so I just wanted to pose that to you no I, I do value the, the relationship or the connection they have, right? I value the relationship, for example, I, I do really appreciate the relationship they have with Al and then with Dave Greenfield because they they actually, they, they help me a lot in terms of my health journey. Because I think that before knowing them, I didn't really care much about my health because I'm always, I'm, I kind of always been, I never been obese, never been, in serious health condition so yeah so so maybe and then I was young at times so I really don't care about you know I'm okay but they really get me into doing other things that I don't think that I can do and explore just another things in life that you know you can enjoy and can really help you Absolutely. so I they, for sure their relationship that I, I appreciate and, and I treasure but then it's not something that I force myself into, you know, it's just kind of fate happens and then yeah. life happens and then you meet the people and then you click in terms of the value and what you enjoy. And also, for example, right, not anybody can train with a Dave or with Al because they're super, super strict and they have very high standard. Yeah, they have yeah. high standard. And, and, you know, like, for example, training with Dave is like joining a marathon. The thing is, like, if he asks you to do something, you just do it. You don't complain, and then if you like, if you complain, he will not really like it. <laughs> but that's the thing for for for, for, for me, right? Or some of my friends like that joy because we we kind of very stubborn and we're also very competitive. So okay, you ask me to do it, I would just do it until I cannot do it, and then I stop. So 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 yeah, not not many people can train with them, or appreciate them. But the thing is, because of luckily I can train with them, and I appreciate like that you know the benefit and the knowledge, the huge knowledge that I can they they bring me. For example, right, with Dave, he he kind of train you so that you can't have that 
imprint in your brain about the movement imprint whatever when you you learn about when you read more about like you know sports psychology we know about that right kind of muscle habit like muscle memory so so even I haven't run for a long time when I just look back at history that he wrote me and then I could remember how it's in and I could practice by myself and I think that's that's very important aspect of training because when you train and then when you train especially if you train right the movement right you have the right muscle memory and then it helps you tremendously in your daily activities and then in your daily life not to mention the appearance or whatever mm. it can help you in terms of your daily life if your posture is right <coughs> when you pick up heavy things you know with muscle you should use right you don't use your back but you use you know for example you use your 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 glute your hamstring to help you pick it up you don't just use your back because then you can hurt your back mm. so a lot of that kind of knowledge is it comes with training with them and it comes with the journey and then it become imprinting your mu- your brain and then your muscle and then you know how to do things right because actually those are the things that we're supposed to do right from the beginning but no no nobody care nobody knows or whatever so a lot mm-hmm. of things that that I realized that I did was wrong in the past and then you know need to change train hard live smart <laughs> that's what yeah. I got from when I did the interview yeah, yeah. yeah. train hard and live smart uh, we're coming towards the final concluding stages of the interview, Dung, and I've really enjoyed hearing your story, your journey, background, and things that you've shared throughout this. And I also am aware that this isn't natural for you, as no. you mentioned. Like, yes. you'll have a real long rest after this, and so... Yeah, I will have a long rest tomorrow. <laughs> Sleep, you'll be like, thank yeah. God, I don't have to hear this English guy ask me about my life story. I've had it for like an hour. <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, I was very surprised when you asked me, because I don't think there's some there anything remarkable in terms of what I've done so far it's just something so just use a thing in daily life i think many people draw the race many people go to the gym and do things that i do that's not something very special i don't something like should talk about i mean like for example i definitely think that you sh- you are you're already interview out right i think that you will interview uh Tanvo in the near future right? i also think that you Possible, you can interview also like Dave Greenfield to see how it things and then, and then for example, when I was training with Dave Greenfield with his free, um, his group right that he trained for free for like two years, with his time, there was a lady around like sixty seven or sixty eight, a Vietnamese lady, but she never missed a training session with Dave. She seldom, actually she seldom miss a training session with Dave and you can see like it's how hard uh, you know her spirit, her training and at that age and he, she knows about like Iron Man's and stuff like that so it's amazing I think and she's just an ordinary uh, Vietnamese woman. Uh, we're not training now anymore but from time to time to keep in touch Frankly, I'm ashamed because I, I didn't really ask her what she does and whatever, but but I do believe that she's not coming from like a wealthy background, whatever, but the, and then she has, at that time we were training at Hualu Stadium, right, and then she lived in District 10, and every Friday morning she rode her bicycle, like 
to Hualu Stadium to train with us, so it's a long ride. And she did it. She seldom miss any section and thinks she's amazing in a way. So those are the people that think they have story to tell. This is what I find interesting. Um, so many people have said this to me. Yeah. Whenever I've said, hey, would you like to come on? So many, I won't say everyone, not everyone. A lot of people go, oh no, but I've not done that, anything that interesting. X, Y, and Z are more interesting than me. And I'm like, I think we're all very, very special and also not very special at the same time. And I'm talking anyone, mm. whether you're the president, whether you live on the street, whether you're the best footballer in the mm. world, whether you've kicked it against a wall once in your life, whether you've ran 42 marathons, whether you've ran two minutes. Mm. Like, I think everybody is special and yet not in their own way. Mm. And I don't know how to articulate it, but I think everybody has a story because everyone has a completely different perspective on life, yep, whether you've done it. And so therefore I'm interested in hearing any story, mm. literally any, just to see what that certain person thinks. Mm. Because what you may say, Dung, is maybe valuable and inspiring, not just to me, but also those listening, also to yourself. It might mm. benefit you in the future, knowing you've done something that's out of your comfort zone, yeah. reflecting on what you've learned. And it can only be a positive, I think, as long as you get two people, including myself, mm. together to have an authentic conversation. Okay. I, can, I just think it's a positive. So I think you should be proud of yourself based on our conversation. I don't, I don't want to make you <laughs> uncomfortable, but... Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. No, I, I don't think that I have done some anything so far to be very proud of, but I think that I'm not really proud of myself, it's just, you know, um, try to do the right thing. Yeah. Because, like, one of the things that I believe in is in karma, so just try to do the right thing, not to expect anything given back, to you, but also just to avoid <laughs> but <laughs> so a little bit suspi like suspicions yeah. about whatever, but still superstitions. Yeah, whatever. and you can only do your best in life, like yeah. whatever your best is, and yeah. that if that is just giving out the best you can, you can only get the best you can back. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah, you try to do that. Yeah, and maybe when we talk about not being necessarily proud, you can just keep going. Yeah, like, yeah, you're doing the right things. Yeah, that's the clearly. important yeah. thing. Just keep going. Exactly. Has there been a question mm. that I have not asked you mm. that you would like me to ask you or you expected me to ask you but for some reason I didn't? No. Dun, 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 dun. I don't think so. I think it's, we have very... I think this... I told you this is the first time I have this open conversation with anyone that are not my close friend because you know the thing about my childhood a bit thing about being bullied when I was young I didn't really tell anyone uh, before except for my for my best friend who unfortunately we fell out because we kind of went this separate way but at the same time it's it's easy to understand right like people will eventually find their own ways and then not anyone can follow like can be with us the, our, our whole life hopefully it's our family can but sometimes even our family cannot right so yeah yeah so this is the first time i could i share something like 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 that for anyone excellent to see yeah. <laughs> to hear <laughs> but yes yeah i feel honored and i feel really appreciative that you've given up your time and thank you very much so i think it's been a real pleasure before we go mm. um anything that you'd like to say to finish as in anything you want to achieve going forward any wishes or dreams you have or i guess anything that you'd like to add i mean completely up to you 
Not, not really. But I think if if this is um a platform where we can share things with people, right? I, I would love. I hope that people would consider start training if they're not start training yet or keep going with your training with your exercising because actually it's super super important don't think it is something that you have to do with your punishment just because actually when you do it gradually and consistently it will benefit your life a whole lot like a huge 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 thing I like I just thought actually I just started serious training for five years four or five years now and I already had saw how it affected my life in a very positive way because then we know how to take care of ourselves now and then we 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 have kind of plan to take care of ourselves in the futures and and it's very important because for example I'm I'm nearly 40 right <laughs> Saying that out loud was <laughs> no. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, I'm 28 now. Two more years, and I'm 40, and I still some somewhere I still thinking that I'm just like 32 or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think like forever 22 or something. <laughs> but but uh, but then you know, uh, y- because I've witnessed a lot of of, of people because of the health deteriorate so fast that I. That, that they they can't do the things that they want to do. Oh, I, I can see how people because of that not really bad habit, but the the, the habit that does not really support the life, and then get affected by it, and then affected in the in the long run. They there are things that they want to do, and they they can't not do just because that they are not healthy enough to do it. So yeah, I mean, and then just start small with whatever that 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 are you know ready are there for them. You start, you can start running. You can even start walking or just by a jumping rope and then start doing mm. a jumping rope. Anything. Yeah. And then don't force yourself to be perfect every in the beginning because it's hard and nobody is perfect and it's hard to get perfection right. Even with science, there's no perfection in science. <coughs> because if we, we try to achieve perfection, then we would never do be able to do that, and then we would easily give up. But just start small with whatever, with whatever especially whatever you enjoy doing. Like for example, when I were not in serious training and I enjoy running, I would run I would run <coughs> here and then, right? So just start and then making it gradually. Don't don't strive for perfection. Yeah. I've stopped striving for the six packs. And <laughs> just <laughs> simply performance. Yeah, no, it's and the key. Know. Perfection itself is a myth. <laughs> like what's perfect today won't be tomorrow. Exactly. So you'll always keep shifting the goalposts. And yeah. it's unattainable, unachievable and complete bullshit. So yes. you might as well do it for what suits you, what enjoys you and or what you enjoy yeah. and I'm glad you mentioned like tailor your goal for you mm. well there's no point like wanting to be the best runner in the world if you don't like running exactly. you, you're not going to want to do it so no. yeah switch it for your goals and remember that if you're starting I'll use myself I'm pretty new to the scene as well mm. and I a part of me is like oh I should have done this at 18 mm. but then like yeah at least you're doing it now exactly. like yeah yeah mm. better late than never exactly yeah. like look 
like thinking of the past and wishing it just doesn't have with anything. That's I mean, like, you, I mean, the past would be something that you <coughs> there for you to learn, but not something that hold you back. Right? Exactly. Which I let this past hold me back for a long, long time. It's just a long, a long story. So yeah. So I try not because. I used to be a perfectionist. I think I still be. I still am a perfectionist in a way, but I try to not to be so rigid and to be so strict with myself. Because actually, I think when we are not very strict with ourselves, we're not trying to be perfectionists. We actually achieve more. Yeah, you can make a solid argument. Exactly. You can, yeah, because you're not like going hard on yourself. And if you are, you can like actually fuck up your progress by being too hard on yourself. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult to kind of navigate that balance. Yes. Yeah. But, but seriously, if one other thing that I could share is just you know, uh, exercising is a tremendous help to to will be a tremendous help to your life, your daily life, whatever. Don't just you know, don't think of it as a burden. Just think of it as something that you know, part of your life, like walking, uh, brushing your teeth, as whatever. Absolutely. If yeah. you don't make time for exercise, you make time for illness. Yeah. Exactly, and also, right, with illness, then, I mean, like, if you invest in exercising time, exercise, you don't have to spend so much money in later life for disease. And the thing is, all, more, like, for example, in, in Vietnam, and I think also in the US, and it's true in many countries in the world, right, the top disease, like, that the top disease that caused death, right, what do we call it? It's just lifestyle related yeah, disease. Yeah. It's not something in your genes or whatever. It's just like to do with your lifestyle, related. yeah. Exactly, like stroke or like blood high blood pressure or diabetes. Most of them are from your daily lifestyle. Absolutely. It's not it's not something that you're born with. Yeah. Like, I don't know about diabetes type two. Yeah, I don't know, but I think it is. But <coughs> mostly are even with cancer, it's partly because of the thing that we eat or the Drink, we, we drink. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, and that's a very like powerful concluding message of just whatever you're at, whatever yeah. stages, whatever you're kind of currently doing. Yeah. Just start for you. Just start yeah. for you and keep going. And who knows, you could do like a forty-two kilometer <laughs> at yeah. some point now. Oh yes, I mean like I love to do forty-two. I'm not thinking about seventy or one hundred at the moment. Are you not? <laughs> I'm not at the moment. <laughs> I think. Right now, if I start right now when I start running away, right, I need to take at least two years with forty-two km to be with my up, and mm. then with seventy, I think seventy, I can take it one year for seventy, and then I can do like one hundred something. Always thinking of the next thing. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, but it, it's so fun doing trail race. I mean, I love trail run compared to the road race, like the one in the city, right? I never did anything, I never did any race in the city, like Tech Combine or Ho Chi Minh International race, whatever, I never did anyone. I just love being in the jungle. Also when you do trail running, right? When you have to go up here, you have the right to walk. <laughs> you have the right to walk because oh, it's up here, so yeah. I can walk, right? <laughs> Because if you run like in the flat yeah. race, then you can't walk. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're losing time. So uphill, you're like, ah, guys. Yeah, and then, okay, I'm keeping my, you know, my strength for the downhill. Exactly, so. perfect. Thank you very much, Dom. This has been a real pleasure. I really appreciate your time and all the very best with your future endeavors.
Thank you so much. But best wishes to you also and your postcard. I will listen to it. Mm. I think mean, actually <laughs> I start listen to it. I think the first one with the one that, with uh, that you sent to me. Did you listen? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm proud. Thank you very much. Really appreciate and look forward to seeing where you go. Okay, thank you.